I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. John chapter 5, 1 through 6. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats the evil world And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus Christ has revealed as God's Son by his baptism and water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. Um, I have served at Kingstown as my seventh year, and I have never been able to um, invite into this space before the person for the reason why I am in ministry today. Um, This is Fran Cooper, the very first person I told that I was sensing a call into ministry. I think I told her before I told Chris. Um, And she's the one, Carly, you know what this is like, right, to first confess that call to someone. Um, It's It's scary, Um, and I only was able to get to that moment because of watching her um, and knowing I grew up in a denomination where women did not do this and and getting to see somebody do the thing that I knew I was, my my heart always longed to do. Hmm. Not only did I know that, but um, she's not just any United Methodist minister. She's one of the trailblazers for women in the United Methodist Church in Virginia, one of the first women to lead a large church of 500 people. Um, She is, uh, I would use a word, but I would say a rock star, but I would would have used a different word if this wasn't worship. She's amazing. And, um, And would you welcome her? Thank you so much, Michelle. And this is a true honor um, because I've been able to, uh, well, I was with Michelle the first week of her life (laughs) and and was able to to see the way she has grown into the child of God that she is and uh, to be there with their their, uh, wonderful wedding. And um, so to be a part of this great celebration is just just great. I, I just can't even give you enough words. 
I've entitled this message today, within the context of the worship series, which you have, I've been meaning to ask, that's your series. And so the title of this is, I Come from Water and the Spirit. If somebody asks you, where are you from? I am from water and the Spirit. And so I have a lot of our extended family with us today. Uh, God bless Michelle for trusting us with you today. That's pretty impressive because we can be kind of strange when we all start gathering together. Uh, maybe especially at the winery later. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm very thrilled to be a part of the girl of the hour, and that is our dear, dear Olive. Um, I will admit to you, I bought her this outfit for Easter, so I get to show the picture. <laughs> but isn't it true that Michelle and Chris did an amazing, amazing job with this little girl? Every child of God is a miracle, and she is no different. Has anyone else here had grandbabies or babies in the past year? Raise your hand. If, I know there's some out there, yes. You know the miracle that your child is. And so I'm going to get back to these little miracles in a moment. But first of all, I'm going to refer to 1 John chapter 5, which reminds us of a different kind of birth miracle. Listen to these words again that says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And then the second part of that verse is everyone who loves the Father loves his children. Everyone who loves the Father loves his children. Well, definitely this is the case with, with this little precious gal in our lives. We love their parents. We love their child. And so here she is with her great aunt Frances the first day I got to meet her when she went on tour, these two, we weren't there. I'm usually there when our, our children are, are born in the hospital in our family, but I couldn't be there because of COVID. And so they were the drivers, she was on tour and we all got to meet her. And here she is with my husband, Bob and me, and she even got to meet her canine cousin, <laughs> Grande. Now I'm not sure if he likes her a lot or if he wants to eat her. He might want to eat her. And this, by far, is my favorite picture. It is the eldest member of our family, great-grandma Truett, 88 years old. And she would have been here today if we could have figured out a way to, to bring her and all the accessories that come with her. Well, God the Father experienced his own sort of parental pride in his son, and so I'm going to set up the scene for you in Matthew chapter 3, if you'll bear with me. John was Jesus' cousin, and he was baptizing disciples here and there and explaining that we all need to be cleaned up from the sin in our lives, maybe that dirt that we want to not think about sometimes. And so he says that we should be dipped into the water, and out they came all wet, and hopefully symbolically showing that they are washed for kingdom living. But John said, this is just a start. I'm baptizing you with water, but Jesus, the Messiah, he's going to come and he's going to baptize you with water and the spirit. He'll change you from the inside 
out. At about that time, Jesus shows up. And he asked to be dipped into the water. This whole thing, John says, I shouldn't dip you. You should dip me. He says, no, you got to do this. And then it says this in Matthew 3, 16 and 17, that after his baptism, Jesus came out of the water and the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And then a voice from heaven said, say this with me, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. You see, at Jesus' baptism, everyone around could hear his father say his pleasure in his child. This is my dearly loved son, and he brings me great joy. And so it is that baptism is one of the most sacred acts in the church. It's one of two sacraments, along with communion. And the historic church has always said that Jesus instituted it, which meant he did it. So we've determined it's a pretty important thing for us to do as well. So what does it mean when we are baptized, really? Well, today I want to lift up three particular things that I would note about baptism for all of us. The first thing I want to say is in our baptism, we become a part of a larger family. The family is the church, right? Here, it's Kingstown Church, Kingstown Communion Church. And see, baptism is that way the initiation right into a community, and Jesus' physical birth brings us into the, the physical world, but baptism brings us into the spiritual world, into this world, the church. And it's a pretty huge family. I'll remind you that when you are born into this spiritual birth, it is a family rich with history. It has relatives near and far, worldwide, people of all kaleidoscope, all color, all background, all styles, all preferences. Some of our family have moved on to glory. Some of our family have yet to be born. But still we are knit together by the same Father who creates us, the same Son who saves us, the same Spirit who enables us to live with power. And so it says in Ephesians 4 that there is one body, there is one spirit, just as you've been called into the glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is over all and in all and living through all. What is the three-letter word that we keep saying in there? One. One family. And then another great word? All. And so... You talk about a miracle, right? That is, in a physical world like one we live in, it is a truly amazing miracle that we have one family and that all of us get to belong there. There's an ancient tradition that says that when you save the life of a person, when you rescue them from drowning or death, you are bound to them forever. Certainly when the church makes a vow to surround a child like Olive today with love and forgiveness, with prayer, with godly example, you are bound to her forever. And so the second thing I want to lift up about baptism is this. 
Just as the heavens opened up and God's voice was heard to say how much the Father loved his Son, God embraces us all and loves each of us in our baptisms. Well, throughout our lives, we need to keep hearing that voice of love, don't we? In churches I've served, and as we did today, when a child is baptized, we walk them down the aisle as we did today, and we literally say these words, God claims you. Olive, olive, God claims you, God helps you, God protects you, and loves you too. Another song that works just as well for me is Jesus Loves Me. And when uh, Mother Teresa, of all the amazing things she had to teach and say, they asked her what was her favorite thing to know, what were the most important words of the Christian faith, she says, Jesus loves me. This I know. And so this is why we all need to know this, now and always. God says that all baptized souls are his beloved. And even those words from 1 John start to ring even truer for this because everyone who the Father loves, if you remember, we are called to love as well. And then that brings it full circle. Friends, if we could only get this truth embedded in our lives and in our homes and in our communities. Every church has division and hatred. Love one another. Every family has strife and difficulties. Love one another. Every community has injustice and social harm. Love one another. Every person in this room, I'm going to be bold enough to say, has someone in their life that they need to deal with who has given them some sort of heartache. What does God call us to do? Love one another. Baptism beckons us to just keep on, keep on, keep on, daggone hard as it is, keep on loving one another. And then the third day today, I want to just say this about the scripture we heard from, from 1 John. Listen again to these words. Every child of God defeats this world. And we achieve victory through faith. Do you know that these are the words we say in a funeral service? Thanks be to God for Daddy, who has won victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. A lot of churches have a very large Paschal candle, a huge thing, that y'all probably don't want to pack up and unpack every, every week. Um, but it's a huge, huge thing, and there's a very big candle. The candle on your altar here today is, is symbolic of that Paschal candle. And this candle represents the same thing I'm talking about. It represents victory. It's the candle that is lit on Easter Sunday following the darkness of Good Friday. It is the candle that we lit from today when Olive was baptized. And the same candle is lit on the Paschal candle at the head of the coffin or by the remains in a memorial service when a loved one has gone to live with Jesus. It is a wonderful symbol that we say in every funeral liturgy, thanks be to God who has won the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when you two were, were married, I think, or a lot of us at least, 
we take our individual baptized candles, right? And we bring them together in that unity candle. What an amazing thing that that is the victory. It's a victory over heartache. It's victory for your body ache. It's victory for coming out of COVID. It's victory for your family that is dealing with anxiety and pressures. And God only knows what else you came bringing with you today. What is the weight of sin that is you're plaguing your soul today? And will you let Jesus remind you of the triumphant love from which you can never be separated? Jesus has promised it, and we just have to remember it. When a child comes into the world, the very first thing we often ask is, what are you going to name that child, right? A lot of times we have the name before they're even born. And even before Olive was born, I was embroidering her name onto a blanket O-L-I-V-E. Well, brothers and sisters, even more wonderfully, we each have the name of Jesus written on our hearts in our baptism. And I found this in Olive's room, which I got to sleep in last night. God is within her. She will not fail. Amen. The name in our hearts, written on each of us, is the name of Jesus. And we can trust that name. We can rely on his power. We can hold on to his ownership of our lives and handle whatever the world has to bring our way. There's a book written about the Christian colony or the Christian community by Willimon and Harawas that described what one pastor shared with their baptized individual while they were bringing in that newer member of the congregation. This pastor said, little sister, by this act of baptism, we welcome you to a journey that will take your whole life to complete. This is not the end. It's the beginning of God's experiment with your life. What God will make of you, we do not know. Where God will take you, surprise you, we cannot say. But this we do know and this we do say, God is with you. Not only will Sweet Olive be baptized or has she been baptized today, but we are inviting each of us at the end of our service along with communion to remember where we come from to remember our baptisms. Now, this is often done in January, and I know Michelle is a great liturgical calendar person, and, and she probably have done baptismal remembrances, but you maybe didn't get to do it last year because of COVID, right? I don't know. So we're going to do it today because, you know, remembering your baptism can never hurt, and in fact, it can do us a whole lot of good. And I don't know where you are on life's journey today. Maybe it's filled with joy and beauty. Amen. We're glad with you. But maybe there are some difficult valleys. Maybe you're undergoing physical pain or suffering or some sort of spiritual test that is, that is bringing you down. Maybe it's something worrying you. Maybe it's something perplexing you. Maybe it's a question you can't quite get an answer to. Maybe it's a sin that you are born down with today. There's a great reformer of the church named Martin Luther, and he went, through, he went through so many trials, 
Some of his closest friends were killed because of their faith. And so he preached for religious freedom, and, and he fought loneliness, and he fought depression. But whenever he experienced this thing, he would comfort himself with the words that he would often write on the tablet on his desk. And these are the words he'd write, Martin, you have been baptized. And with these words on his desktop, I am baptized, he began to remember who he was. He was reborn. He was renewed. He was covered, if you will, for whatever the world would bring him that day because he had experienced the love of a Savior named Jesus. Our invitation today is to come back to our own baptisms, to remember where we are from. Now, we're going to remember our baptism, and some of you may say, well, you know, I was so young, I, there's no way I can remember my baptism. I'm not talking about remembering, like in the mind. I'm talking about remembering. Let us remember with our heart and our souls and our minds. Let us remember what brings a church together again. Let us remember what makes up the body of Christ. And then when somebody asks where you're from, you can tell them I'm from water and the spirit. And that means I'm from the heart of God. Amen. Table of the Lord. There is peace at the table.